Hey guys, and welcome to episode 37 of For The Kudos. Today's episode is brought to you by Whoop. Whoop is a fitness wearable and app that specializes in breaking down your recovery, sleep, and workouts. Every morning when you wake up, the Whoop app analyzes your sleep along with other key heart rate metrics from the previous night. Based on that, Whoop gives you a daily recovery score from 0 to 100% so you know how ready your body is to take on the next day. Think of it as your coach on your wrist, giving you an idea for how hard you should push yourself based on your recovery. It's also worth talking about what Whoop doesn't do. It's not going to ding on your wrist when you get a text. It's not going to call you an Uber. It doesn't even tell the time. What it does do is track every heartbeat throughout your day and break down your data so you can understand everything you need to know about your body. Start tracking your health, wellness, and fitness at a deeper level today. Go to whoop.com. That's W-H-O-O-P.com and use code KUDOS10 to save 10% off your order. All right, guys, I am your host, Joel, and I'm sitting here in the studio with... Brett. How are you, Brett? A little bit tired, but no, I'm good. (laughs) Good race last weekend. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I wonder how long we can keep that up. Everyone knows that's not Brett's voice. Jack Rayner, welcome back to the studio. Feels good to be back. Thanks for having me. You're uh, you're on the ban list and now you've, you're back in, <laughs> what is it, twice in three weeks? Is it been three weeks already? No, two weeks. I think two weeks? Yeah. Yeah, two weeks. Um, how was Japan? Great. I absolutely love it. Yeah? Definitely it's your favorite country, isn't it? One of them. Yeah, one of them for sure. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about the two records going? What a day, hey? Yeah, pretty sick. <laughs> yeah, unheard of. I was speaking to Nick. We were watching the um, Sinead run when we are at the after party and um, I was asking if there's ever been two records in one day and he's like trying to think and he's like, no, couldn't, couldn't first think. time. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, it was pretty insane. Um, we've, we've mentioned a couple of times on the podcast so far, but I thought it was quite funny that, you know, Brett's personality, he's a bit of an attention seeker, you know, just like bit. mine. <laughs> and you know that he, like, even though he was joking about it, deep down, he would have loved for that Sinead to break the record the following weekend. Yeah. Like, like give him a bit of time. <laughs> give him a bit of time. And I reckon the funniest thing is, like, she's got it. And then she, on, like, the ABC News this week, like, she was on TV because Brett's still in Japan. Holiday. Yeah. So she's just taken. <laughs> I don't think that, I think they even, they interviewed Sinead on ABC News and they're like, oh, and there was a, like, did the, like, some guy break a record or something? And she's like, oh, I think, I don't I don't know. What's his name? I've no idea. No, I don't know. <laughs> She's like, oh, Kai Robinson ran a fast 5K in, indoors. <laughs> Impressive. <laughs> really good performance from a Robinson. Um, no, it's uh, it's good. It was really good. Um, we heard his re- Brett's recap and we put out a surprise uh, episode of Sinead's recap as a Q&A session. Um, we thought about asking people to send in questions for her, but it was better to put that as a surprise, I think. Um, so yeah, insane, insane week for, for athletics in Australia. Um, Brett is still living it up in Japan. So that's hence why. Hence the fill in. Hence the fill in. I actually like it to be honest. I'm sort of, maybe we'll just phase Brett out. <laughs> <You> <laughs> Brett, can, Brett can start his own podcast. Um, no, so thanks a lot, Jack, for, for filling in. We're just going to go, it's going to be a pretty, pretty cruisy episode. Um, and we have a special guest interview at the end, which Brett has pre-recorded. Not not this Brett. No, no yes. No, Brett B. Your Brett are you today? <laughs> um, huge week for Grattan House. Uh, thank you to everyone who bought an FTK t-shirt. Pretty bloody insane um, to have them sell out in under 24 hours. I didn't, yeah, didn't expect that to happen. Did you buy one, Jack? 
No, I got given one of the black ones, the special ones. You did. You did get given that. Yeah. Did you? Did you have a white one? No. I've been giving you a white. No. Yeah. Sold out. Sorry, brother. Sorry, brother. It's all right. Black's nice. And uh, Toon, friend of the podcast, who's just standing there like a fucking ghost <laughs> while we're trying to record. We're trying to do our job here, Toon, and you're just standing here. He's <laughs> too nervous to get get his <laughs> get his voice on the podcast. Um, no, so what, what are you making next? You've already sold out. Like you must be thinking of what's next. Uh, yeah, we've we've got a couple of exciting ideas in the um in the on the back burner. Big things coming. <laughs> it's not funny when I use that joke because you don't know that joke. You don't listen to the podcast. Do I do. I do sometimes. Yeah, no, I do. Oh, it's a bit weird when I say big things coming and you just look at me with a deadpan face. <laughs> no, sometimes I listen in one point five times speed. <laughs> <laughs> How fast do I sound? Pretty fast. So Sarah told me um, when we were at the Collingwood Classic race last week. She said, I think it was Sarah, it must have been. And she said that she was listening to one of the episodes and she thought there was an error in the in the uh, recording because my quick. voice was so fast. And I said, no, nah, I just must have had a few too many coffees that day. Like I just speak really fast. You do. Um, but yeah, it was pretty, yeah, insane. Those t-shirts sold out. We we thought about uh, releasing, we thought, we thought, oh shit, we may, maybe have uh, should have released more, but... Um, I think it's cool. That, you exclusivity. Know, exclusivity. Exactly right. So if you see someone out in the street wearing that, you know, know they're part of, like they're one of only 10,000 people in Australia that have one. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we're going to have some pretty cool shit uh, releasing next year. So Jack, I reckon you've got a few cool ideas for merch. You're a pretty cool guy. Oh, thanks, Joel. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll send you through some. <laughs> um, in other news, the blue line came out last week. It was the fourth edition. Um this is a very nice of Brett. So Brett wrote some, sh- <laughs> Brett's written some show notes because he knew I had to record this and he just does like dot point. The blue line fourth edition came out last week in brackets. Jack would still only be halfway through reading it. I actually finished it this week. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? I liked it. Yeah. It was good. Nice good. little read. Yeah, it is good. Refreshing. It is. It's great. Um, and also about those t-shirts, the, Winner of the merch pack has had the merch pack that's been sent out, but it's going to be a surprise. So um, whoever, I'm not going to mention who it is, but they will, it was randomly drawn with a name generator, um, which was quite a task to type in all those 10,000 names that bought the t-shirts. Um, and <laughs> uh, so they'll be, they'll think, geez, what's this big box arriving at my doorstep? Um, but they'll get, yeah, they won the merch pack, which is pretty cool for them. Not even you. You were just looking before, weren't you? The totes and the Nalgene sort of wishing you won a merch pack, but... I've already got a tote. already got a Nalgene. <laughs> <laughs> Not an FTK one, though. Don't need it. Do you have a Nalgene? Yeah, i got like four. <sighs> Typical. <laughs> anyway, let's get into uh, training weeks. So, Jack, you're a special guest. Let's go Kick through yours. But before we do... Obviously, yours was pretty chill. Um, so, for your training week... We may as well start at a day. Obviously, it's Monday to Sunday the previous week, but let's start it on the Sunday. Oh, the Sunday, yeah. That of was course. when you did the. That's the when pacing. you did the pace. So run us through what was your what was your job for those that didn't watch the race. Um, so originally, I thought I was going to go to a halfway, but um, when I got there, it was yeah, found out it was twenty five. So I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Obviously, only four k extra. Um, but yeah, thought it was going to be like three or twos. And then they're like, no, nah, it's three minutes. And I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. Um, so it's that 63.20 for halfway. Fair um, way off what you could run at the moment. 
<laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I reckon you can know what's Brett's PB? 5957? Yeah. Yeah, I can you got a 5956. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> um, yeah, so a little bit faster than what I thought, but nah, it was yeah, pretty perfect conditions besides some spots with a bit of wind. But yeah, when you're running out there with like a bit of a taper on the crowd and the whole pack behind you, it's like you sort of three got minute Ks. There, right? Yeah, you got a job to do. So yeah. it was one of the three paces at the front. So I had like a Japanese guy on my left and then a um, Kenyan guy on my right. And he was kind of half stepping me the, the whole time, the Kenyan <laughs> dude. And the Japanese was like a half step behind me. <laughs> so so it was like, in the middle. Yeah, it was like a diagonal line. And I was in the middle like telling this guy to slow down and then <laughs> the Japanese guy telling me to slow down. You did look like you were sort of the boss. Yeah, I was, the- I was the bit of the boss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, starting on the track was a bit tricky because um, I don't know anyone that's ran on a track with a GPS. It's always goes too quick. Yeah. So we had like to do four laps on the track, for, three and a half laps on the track first. So it's like... And anyone that uh, anyone that last year did the pulse running 5,000 meter at Collingwood Athletics Track <laughs> would, would know, know all about that. Would know all about <laughs> Jack's pacing around a track. <laughs> hey, Jack, we want 3.15 the first K. Yeah, no worries. 2.55. No, I was actually on pace on the track. I was good. But... <laughs> what? It, in, at, uh, the marathon? Or yeah, the, on the marathon. Oh, yeah. Not the- <laughs> no, no, but what I'm saying is it throws your watch out, like your average pace oh, is out the door, course. like right at the start. So it's saying like 256 or something. Could you lap? Uh, yeah, and then I ended up like lapping my watch at like 3K. Yeah. And then, yeah, they had, luckily they had kilometer marks like along the whole course. So interestingly, what Brett, did you listen to Brett's recap? Yeah. Do you, what he was saying about how. Oh, that that'd speed up. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or slow so, down yeah. just like the 20 meters before. The, it's like the Japanese guy wanted to be hitting everything like exactly. Yeah. So like. Which is a bit silly. Yeah, I know. So you go through the K markers like either on pace or just too quick or just too slow and then he'd want to get back onto the pace like straight after that K. So it'd either like slow down a lot or speed up a lot. Yeah. It's like like, like you may as well just overlap it by a bit and just make it a smooth transition. It's like, oh, we're a little bit worse. Two seconds. Let's just have it a little bit easy because you don't want to be like yo-yoing. But I tried to keep it as smooth as I could. I think we hit... Yeah, 10K bang on, well, like 5K bang on 15, 10K bang on 30. Yeah. Um, 15K might have been like a few seconds out. Were you having gels or uh, drinks or anything? I had a more, I ran with a Morton in my hand. Like I had it in my shorts, but it kept like falling down because <laughs> I borrowed Brett's black shorts. But I had oh, that's because no, you guys, your bags didn't come. Yeah, and um, Brett removed the string. So like oh. the, the Morton wouldn't, so I just ran with it in my hand, but it was fine. Why did he, did he remove the string for cords out to over 15? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, do you remember that? Yeah, I do. For anyone who doesn't know that, that was like a Luke. Lu- Luke started. Was it, it. Luke, Luke Matthews? Luke Matthews, friend of the podcast. Um, he started. Yeah, him and Brett, and was like hashtag court. Was it 2015? Cords out 2015. <laughs> <That> is- <laughs> You'd um, race with your running cord out, and then New Balance shorts at the time were bright yellow. <laughs> so you could. It's a pretty smart, smart, um, like marketing thing. Yeah. Not that it was a marketing marketing thing for them, but it's funny. Um, but yeah, anyway, I had drink. The Japanese guy had drinks at every drink station, and okay. um, I didn't even plan to have them, but he would just share them with me and the other pacer, which was yeah. handy. Um, well, like Big M or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, no, I think it was. It tasted similar to Morton. I don't know what it was, but yeah, yeah, those in the sauce bottles actually really good to drink out of a sauce bottle. Yeah, they're like the narrow nozzle, like super long narrow nozzle, like you know those like ketchup bottles you'd see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like one of them. You'd, you'd want to get, you'd really want to get like the sauce taste out of that. 
I want to feel like doing like an alcohol wash in the because I reckon if you've just you've got like a Heinz ketchup bottle and you just it give, it a, give, give it a give it a quick wash in the <laughs> under the tap and then you put your Morton in it that is still tasting like Heinz ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's funny pacing at the front because I like had no idea who was in the pack behind me and I like kept trying to look behind after like ten or fifteen k to see if I could see Brett. Oh, of course, yeah. and I couldn't. Like he was like directly behind me like yeah. five back it would have been the, hard like, for far you. right yeah you so i had no idea like shoulder. if he was still there and then i think there was a corner at like like a sharp like 90 degree left hand turn at 20k and i like had a good look back and then i i just see brett chilling there and yeah. i'm like oh yes like yeah, he's still there feel- yeah obviously like the whole time i'm just like wondering where he is because i had no idea yeah um like he, he could have you, you could have had a stitch or something. Yeah, I had no idea. So when I saw him there, I'm like, yes, that's good. And then I think at one stage- You're like, after yes, like, that's good. I'm going to drop him. <laughs> <laughs> at like 20, like just after halfway, I think um, one of the runners behind was like trying to tell us to go faster. And I'm like looking at my watch. I'm like, we're bang on pace. Like I'm just staying at this. Yeah. And then I don't know. I don't know why he was telling us to go quicker, but I'm like, no. It's almost just because he feels good. Yeah. It's yeah. like he wants to like, yeah, run, run the legs off some of the other guys. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was funny pacing. I felt really good. And then I think going through halfway, like breathing-wise, I was completely fine, but you can slowly start to feel like the fatigue coming in because yeah. I hadn't done any real marathon training in the no. lead-up. Like long You've gone into these 90 like minutes. 5K, 10K stuff. Yeah, I think my – and I just had that one not even full marathon session the week before with Brett. The K and K off. Yeah. So well, that was so that's easier than a 10K threshold. Yeah, that was the longest session I've done. But – yeah, it made it to 25K, bang on the time and still felt good. But obviously, like my legs were yeah. getting pretty tired. Tire. But I think I could have gone to a 30K pretty easily. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. I reckon you'd even, yeah, you'd get to, you, yeah. But I suppose it's like that compounding fatigue where each 5K you go is another. Yeah, so you yeah. get to 30 and you're like, oh, I wonder if I can get to 35. And it's like by 35, <laughs> the wheels are off. Oh, yeah. Know? I think, yeah, there's no way I could have kept that yeah. pace for yeah. much more than 30, I don't think, without doing the training, obviously. For sure. Um, and if you did the training, you would have broken the record <laughs> two minutes past than Brett, yeah? Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, pulling out the 30K and then just watching the pack go by in front of us, everyone looked like so good still. Brett yeah. looked amazing. So that's Were you I'm nervous? Like, for Brett? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because you know, like everyone, like, like I, I don't think I even told Brett this on the podcast. I had to like pretend that I was, um, I think I might've mentioned it to him, but just, he's not going to listen to this. So fuck him. But I didn't really watch it. I get too nervous. <laughs> too nervous. Yeah. I just get yeah. like straight. I just, I don't know. Like I remember I was a bit, I had a bit of fucking trauma from me and you watching him. Like we uh, were one yeah. in Olympics watching him live and you live. That was yeah. made me feel sick. Yeah. And <laughs> good day for us. <laughs> good day. And um, watching him in London. When yeah, I know. That was like the worst. And me and you were just like watching him and we're just like, yeah, and then you're FaceTiming him after and yeah. he's like all fucking depressed. And, you know, when you're such good friends with someone and obviously like I'm speaking to him every fucking week, the annoying thing, like people were messaging me just because yeah, I'm on these podcasts. Like, no, you just find like, out yourself. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know why people, yeah, people just, well, I do know why, but I mean people just message me nonstop. And I, yeah, only turned it on, um, I was at a bar with Chelsea and I just turned it on the last like couple minutes. Like mm. I was sort of looking, but I mean I wasn't watching the live stream fully the whole time because it's just yeah i find it nerve-wracking it is yeah and i remember we had like four taxis taking us back like all the paces and a few of the managers there 
And I don't know, but it was taking ages. Like the guys were all getting changed and then just like fucking around. And I'm like, can we please like get back? Yeah. I want to start watching the race. Like, yeah. And then one of the managers had like the splits up. And then I think, yeah, they went through 30K and they were still all all on pace. And I'm like, kept refreshing. I kept, I, I asked him like 10 times, like, have they been through 35? And he's like, no, nah, not yet, not yet. Yeah. And then I think we got that split just were you as at Falls well. Creek, that, just this is reminding me, were you at Falls Creek that when time? When Brett did his first one? We first, yeah. yeah, yeah. We were, I remember we were, um, bloody God love it, Jen was like so positive because we we're, were sitting on the, I still remember it, sitting on the grass and we're doing the same thing as you and we're, yeah, and the, it didn't come through. It didn't come through like 35k, and Jen was just like, "No, nah, like, like nah, he's, he's, up. his timings, <laughs> like his timing chips come." And Grego's just sitting there, like, sort of, like you know, like the old, the old, like he knows um, wise <laughs> guy of the MTC, and he's just sitting there, like you know, under the tree in the shadows, just going, "His day's done." And it's just <laughs> like he just knew, right? And um, it's that feeling where you feel like fucking shit. And I remember, yeah. So you would have been like looking, yeah, just hoping. So I got I'm that 35k him. split, and then like we pulled up, I like sprinted inside, and then they had a room set up where all the managers were watching. Yeah, and I just see like bitters straight in front of the TV, and I'm like, go in. I'm like, looking how he's going, and he's like, yeah, he's going good. He's going. And he's like trying to work out splits. Yeah. And then I think at that stage they were like 38k in, and he's like, yeah, I think he's going to get it. I'm yeah. like, oh, sick. And then um, I went out and did a quick cool down. Yeah. And then and that's like, when you had your phone on you. Yeah, I had yeah. my phone on me, and then Filming I um, finish. I was said to Nick, I'm like, do you want to come out and watch the finish? And he's like, only when they're about to come in. He's just like, this is my lucky seat right here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to move. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. So then, yeah, I went back in, saw Nick, and I'm like, they're about to finish. Like, let's go out. And then, yeah, we see Brett coming in, and he had to do one. Like, they had to do 500. Yeah. So he he looked fucked, but he looked like he was still moving well, which yeah. is so good. And then, yeah, I like looked at the clock. I'm like, oh, he's gonna get it easy. Yeah. And that's, yeah. He didn't even, that was when you were screaming, right? Yeah, you, I was screaming. I didn't even know it was your voice. I didn't know oh, it was really? you filming because you were yelling so loud. And like, yeah. You were just like, go, bro. Yeah, that's like the loudest I could have ever yelled. No, and then I when I sure. filmed him coming in, it was just silence. Yeah, because you were probably in shock <laughs> yeah, a bit. Yeah, like, yeah. Holy fuck, he's just broken it. Yeah. Um, We were laughing, me and Sinead were laughing um, when we were doing the, doing the Q and A session because it was like she, the finish of Valencia was like far more of like fanfare. Like it was quite like, yeah. you know, it was, it was a bigger marathon, right? Oh, for and it's sure. Like, you know, huge, big sort of like st- stuff going on. Um, and she, even though like she's sort of, she, what'd she finish? 10th, 11th? 12th, I think. 12th, women, yeah. yeah. Um, and she was sort of like saying how like she didn't even have, like was trying to find someone she knew and all that. But Brett's marathon, at least at the end, like there was still like crowds and stuff, but it's yeah. like Brett's like coming across the line just looked, he just, they, I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> it was like for the people that know him and all that, and it's obviously so emotional, but it was like, you know, you, you think of race finish is going to be this huge big thing where he like looks up at the, you know, or like does a big cheer and he was just, too he tight. was yeah, he was exhausted. I went and like gave him a hug and like like slapped him on the back and yeah. <laughs> he looked so fragile. <laughs> <laughs> he did look so And then Ill. um did Brett talk about all the people in the hazmat suits? <laughs> like, at the finish line, <laughs> like walking across and then there's just like twenty Japanese guys just in hazmat suits. I don't Actually, know what they were doing, like collecting like the people at the fin. I don't know what, why they in were wearing full, full hazmat suits. Full hazmat suits. And it was like wigging me out. I'm like, what is going on? But <laughs> there was shit. no people in Not- hazmat suits at the start or anywhere across the course, <laughs> just, just at the, the fin- <laughs> finish line. I wish I got a photo of it. <laughs> that would be so funny. There was like, yeah, they've, they've pushed so hard that it got all these weird toxins coming out of their body. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. It's like, you have to deal with athletes really like carefully. Yeah. Um, no, it was, yeah, it was absolutely insane. And so when did Brett, like, when did he 
show emotion. Oh, pretty soon after the race. Like, yeah. I think he Did was he just, cry? No, I don't think he cried, no. I, I think he was just more relieved. Yeah. Relieved. Relieved. Yeah. Yeah, it's... um. Yeah, well, we we had said like on training runs and stuff, like the three of us had talked about, you know, well, I had said to you two boys, like, short, like surely one of you guys is going. I I believe that one of you guys were going to break it. Um, and I was, this is like what probably a year ago, and I'm like, whoever breaks it first is gonna like it's a pretty big, but it's like if you go and break it like end like you know next year or whatever again, it's just not. No, a, uh, it's just cares. like whatever, <laughs> you know. It's just like unless you go and run like under two hundred five or something. It's like come on, mate. Like come on. <laughs> let Brett have it for like a year or two at least. <laughs> no, I think it's it's insane. Um, the marathon running in in Australia, the fact that yeah, I suppose you. Obviously, having done like yeah, it must for you 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 must uh, you must have um, it must be yeah be pretty powerful for you to see Brett because you more than anyone knows how hard a marathon is to get right. Oh, for sure. Like yeah, like Brett's shown. He's how many has Brett done? Is that his eighth or something? Is it really that yeah. many? Yeah, he's yeah. done. Yeah, it takes yeah it takes a lot of time to get and so many things like have to go right. Yeah, how many have you done? Uh, three. Have I finished two? You finished two, yeah, and done three, yeah. yeah. I think I've four. been on the start line of three, maybe four. Never made any, yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. I've only my first one was the only one that's been half decent. Yeah, your London. debut. Yeah. That's right. Mm. Um, did it make you want? Obviously, you've been smashing it with the ten k's and five, you ran five k. What do you run? Thirteen oh six this year. Ten k twenty seven fifteen. What did you run on the road? Twenty seven forty three. Yeah. Both those last two ten. 10k on the track 10k road australian records does it make you do you have that like sort of that burning desire to do a marathon uh or no you're just sort of happy just killing it on the track i'm happy where i am now and then yeah obviously would go to the marathons when the time's right but yeah yeah because i feel like like we've obviously been mates for fucking ages and you'd always sort of tell me that you prefer road running yeah i definitely like it more like there's something about running on the road that's just yeah. nice. I I love it. Yeah. Even like the crowds and stuff, how you like go in different areas, like in Japan, you're like, you know, it's not just around a track. Yeah. Passing you're the like same running people every time. You're different just going, areas. Yeah. yeah. I'm always like when I'm doing road races, just looking off. At yeah, me too. I, it's, it is. It's sort of, yeah. yeah. It's just like you go through a, a, a part where like there's a bunch of people and then I might go quiet for a bit. Yeah. It's just different, right? Yeah. It's um, a bit yeah. more exciting. Pretty exciting for sure. Mm. And um, yeah, obviously we mentioned it before, but to have Sinead break that record on the oh, same day. So good. Was yeah, it true she... that Nick, so it was Brett exaggerating or it was Nick because Brett <laughs> said that like Nick obviously gave him a lot of attention and stuff and then the moment Sinead <laughs> broke it, Brett was like thrown <laughs> to the side. No, I think he was obviously happy for both of them. But yeah, <laughs> um, he was pretty happy for Sinead too, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, two of his athletes breaking records on the same day. It's yeah. Pretty amazing. Two pretty big records oh, that have stood for quite a surely while. Surely they were the longest. Some of the, Well, they must definitely be the longer. The, definitely the male record, yeah. Oh, obviously, yeah. 1986, was it? Yeah, and 2006 for yeah. Benitez. Yeah. Insane. Well, you've, uh, yeah, you've taken us through all that Sunday. Now we better start your proper training week. Yeah. So Probably didn't do much, did you? Um, I think I still ran 120K last week. That hurts. <laughs> a little bit more than you. Um, but yeah, still in Japan for the day after the race. So um, woke up a little bit dusty that Monday morning. And then um, I ran with Joe Fukada, who lives over in Fukuoka. Yeah. So, um, Is he a cool guy? Yeah, he's cool. He's got 
bright blue hair <laughs> sticks out. He does have bright blue hair. Yeah, have you seen him? That's the guy. He's, oh, um, him. Okay, yeah, yeah. Joe so he runs with He won, with he won Gold Coast. Yeah, he ran Gold Coast yeah, last yeah. year. Gotcha. Um, yeah, he runs for NN. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just chatting with him for the whole run. We just ran around the Ohori Park, which is like a 10-minute run um, to get there. And we just Sick. did a bunch of laps around there. Sick. Yeah. And he was like, I was... He said he went out for dinner with the pacemaker um, the night before. Yeah. And he was, I'm like, oh, so what's he ran for a marathon? And he's like, oh, he's just run 206 low. <laughs> <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> so he's just sitting there just, yeah, going, geez, these guys aren't even fast. Yeah. <laughs> what did the winner run for Quick? Uh, two, five something. Actually, that's another question I have for you. Brett finished fourth, yeah? Yeah. One question I keep forgetting to ask Brett, keep forgetting to ask everyone. Why did he have tape? Is it top five get tape? Tape. Yeah, he oh. came across the line with tape. No, hang on. He didn't. The person in front of him did. So did top three get tape? That would make sense. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> no, but in my head I was thinking, why is, why is the person in front of Brett getting tape when Brett got fourth, right? It's like because it looks like the guy's winning just in front of Brett. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. So yeah. do the top three of all marathons get tape? No idea. I don't think so. Yeah. Go back and look at the video. Okay. The guy who, yeah. No idea. That's strange. Maybe ring up Joe. <laughs> I'll ask Joe. Um, yeah, so Monday was just an hour. Um, yeah, four sevens. So felt felt surprisingly good. Yeah. Um, yeah, once I got going, it felt pretty crazy. No doms from the race. Uh, just a little tiny bit, but yeah, probably felt a little sore, a little more sore the next day. So we ended up flying back um, to Melbourne on the Monday night. Yeah, had an overnight flight. Picked up my bags at the airport in Tokyo. <laughs> <That's such laughs> so they sat there the whole time. <laughs> such a pain um, in the ass. Oh, I know. Um, yeah, so good to get my bag back. That probably be the last time I take a Chinese Nike suitcase to Japan. <laughs> I don't, Team China suitcase. Is that what it was? Well, I don't know. I just I feel like <laughs> that's that could, so funny. Hundred <laughs> percent. I feel like they don't really like China. Yeah, it's like flying into Israel with a Palestine suitcase. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. Um, yeah, so that was good to get my bag back. Um, Tuesday night, got back and then went for a little run around the tan. Yeah. Ended up going a bit quicker than what I thought I was. So it was like 340s for an hour, Jeez. 342s for an hour. But it didn't feel like it. So I felt pretty fresh. 342s. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> I didn't feel like I was running that quick. <laughs> I did go, I did a little hill sprint up Anderson Street. One. Why? <laughs> I like Just going. I like going hard up Anderson Street when I'm running. <laughs> You're cool. <laughs> oh, shit. That's um, yeah, so that was Tuesday. Wednesday, I did um, 69 minutes. There yeah. you go. Just short of uh, 70. <laughs> um, I went around up to Fairfield along the Yarra and through Dites Falls and back. It was actually a nice loop. Nice. Not yep. as good as the loop we found today. No, not quite. Yeah. You'll have to come back on the podcast next week to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I did Pulse Run that night, just an easy almost 7K, 31 minutes. Um, yeah, it was nice. And then Almost a minute per K slower than your Tuesday run. <laughs> <laughs> almost, yeah. And then uh, Thursday, had a threshold, Albert Park, with train with Stewie. Um, we ended up going pretty quick and guys- the weather was shocking. Okay, tell me, was I exaggerating, but when was the last time you felt rain that hard in a workout? Oh. In the first lap. I can't remember. I think Falls Creek like three years ago. I don't know. It was pretty bloody heavy. Could you open your eyes? I was running with my eyes closed. I think I like shut one eye and I was running with like a squint. Yeah. It was like that that real like- in- it, it was felt only like lasted it was for, like, hail. Yeah, but it felt like it hail. And you could see it coming diagonally Yeah, it was like, you. oh, 
was just so grim. bad. But there's a, it is grim, but there's a sort of yeah, like, something remember, nice about it. Yeah, like I was running in it and thinking, like I, I found my thoughts being like, fuck this. I fucking hate this. This is so fucking shit. And then I was just like, just try and get yourself out of that stupid headspace. Be like, this is a pretty, I don't know, like you just yeah. think, oh, this is pretty wild. This is pretty hard training. A race is going to be easier than this. And then you just sort of go, oh, no, it's pretty fun. Yeah, I do like it. Yeah. And that's Melbourne for you. The second lap was like beautiful sunshine. Beautiful and sunny. I think the wind stopped. <laughs> yeah. so my top was so drenched. I took it off after one lap. So yeah. I was just running tops off the next You're running lap. tops off? The next lap, yeah. Bitters took the piss out of me because he said, like, remember, was it two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and I threw my top down after one lap and then it like like a car like got caught in a car tire and ended up in a puddle down the road or something. Really? Yeah, because I and then I was telling everyone I lost someone stole my, it was oh. when it was when um uh yeah. Anyway. Yeah, um, so yeah that was two laps. We Toby, think we averaged when Toby lost his keys. His keys, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah two laps was two fifty five so it was quite quite fast. Um that and Stewie that runs fresh off you come on let's be real. My heart rate got yeah. up to one seventy four. Okay. 175. Probably his heart rate for, uh, heart rate for you. Um, yeah. And Stu runs without a watch. So yeah. we're just running probably, together. To be honest, it's threshold for you. Probably Stewie's above threshold. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> um, yeah. So that was nice. Um, a bit quicker than what I thought we were going to go. But yeah, felt felt really good. And then... It looked good. Um, from from when I when I could see you, you guys literally... Like I was having a good... I felt like I was like running well and you guys disappeared out of sight. And like Smack was like a bit behind me and I was like, mate, like what are those guys doing running? <laughs> it's crazy. Um, yeah. And then I had, I hadn't had a day off in a while. So um, got told to have a day off Friday. So I just did a ride. I just did an easy ride on my way to the gym. So 50 minutes. Past the aquarium? No aquarium this time. <laughs> um, yeah. So 50 minute ride, pretty cruisy on the gravel bike. Yeah. And then did gym and then brings me to saturday did 65 minutes i went a bit quick again as well i've been feeling really good what the hell is going on with you you were like 53s yeah wow um no wonder i said to you this morning i'm like what pace you been running and i'm like i'm like you've been running like four minutes like brett and you're like yeah a bit quicker (laughs) (laughs) i need to slow down Um, i reckon it's because brett broke the record and now you're maybe pace and you're like i've got to run 340 (laughs) (laughs) no um yeah so i just went a loop around um where did i go richmond and along the river and back um and then yeah did a long run sunday 24k hour 35 nice what pace is that like 353s again <laughs> hell, man. slow down <laughs> yeah um and you that was my training week 120k good job 116 sorry i lie <sighs> fucking liar um mm. that's good it's good to yeah you didn't uh didn't pull up too sore it just yeah. shows like yeah, probably just the lack of, I was going to say the lack of intensity. Obviously, there's still some intensity there, but compared to like what you could run for a half at the moment, you know, you're going to be quite a lot. Like you just, it's like an extended look. You're just sitting at threshold really. For uh, what? For the, the pacing job. Oh, you yeah. Know, you pretty much did like a 25K threshold. Yeah. So it's yeah much longer than what we'd ever do at training. Yeah, but I think, sure. yeah, you do but get a lot. fresh, tapered. You do get a lot out of that, I think as well. 100%. Yeah, which is nice. That's um, good science. Yeah. And... You, what do you have coming up? So Zatapec on Thursday. Yeah. So it's coming up quickly. In a few days. Yeah, it'll be the first time there's been two in a year, I reckon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, shit. We race. January. Oh, yeah. yeah, it feels like. So what do I tap? Do I get to tap after Zatapec? Can I tell people I got fourth at Australian Champs? 
this year? <laughs> I reckon you still can. <laughs> Surely, right? <laughs> yeah. The one at the start of you was the proper Zatapec, right? This is like the sort of, like the, yeah. This is like the second. This is runner-up Zatapec. Yeah. <laughs> no, so what is it? So January was the 2021. So, yeah, 2021 Australian 10,000 meter chance was in Jan this year. And yeah. And the 2022s now. Yeah. Whack. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. It does. Yeah. Must have been unless they unless they do the twenty twenty like it's always done before. So <laughs> yeah. it's like this is the twenty twenty three Australian champs. Who knows? Um, I'll be there. It'll be good. Get me as long as, long as you get me an entry. I'm yeah, not, I'm not paying to get into that. You, you can be my coach. Yeah, surely I get a media pass. Someone from AV will be listening. <laughs> um, my training week, I will race through it because I feel like yeah, it's just not super exciting at the moment. Um, Monday did a 45 minute, <laughs> how am I supposed to pay attention? Okay. I'm taking a photo of this right now so that people can see what I'm looking at while I'm trying to do my training week and I'll post that on the, on the socials the next day. Can you take that off? Cause I cannot pay attention. <laughs> you fucking idiot. At least <laughs> At least people now are going to be like, they're going to hear my training week just be interrupted with a stupid laugh, not know what I'm doing. And then I'm going to post that photo and they'll be like, okay, that's pretty funny. (laughs) And you've got a silent laugh. So you're laughing right now, but no one can hear you laughing. (laughs) Oh, it sounds like I've just, I've I've gone crazy. Get onto it. (laughs) So Monday did a 45 minute jog. Um, Yeah, just, just kept it kept it pretty chill because I've worked out I have to run a bit less on um, Monday to to not go over 100K, which is what I'm supposed to sit at around 100K. Um, Tuesday, went to Waverley. Uh, it was a session of uh, mile, four 400s, mile, four 400s, mile. Um, Stewie was doing the miles in like 68s and then like Thorpey, Al Christie and um, Logan Janetsky their group was running like 75s for the miles. And so I sort of had the option to go between them. And I sort of just said to, to Tim, because Collis and Nick went there, I just said, oh, can I make my own group like in between that? And he's like, yeah, do that. So Smack went with um, went with uh, Stewie for the first mile and I just ran solo running like 70s. And then um, all the uh, Smack then came back to me because Stewie obviously was a bit fast. Yeah, I ran uh, the 400s with Smack. We were alternating um, 68. 65 with 30 second rest. Um, yeah. You wouldn't have done something that fast for a little while. No, I you? haven't done anything. No, nah, no. Nah. I think last been back on the track. Um, yeah. Yeah. To be honest, like it's, it's nice just pushing as hard, like, cause this like whole new approach to training. Like I just not going as hard as yeah. I used to go. Right. Like I would go to a session like that and go with Stewie until I can't run anymore. So mm. I'm max effort every time. Whereas now it's just like I'm in within myself. Um, and even in saying that, I still blew up the last mile. So I just did 1,200. Yeah. Um, I ran like, yeah, first 800 was like, I was just on the fucking red line and I was like, just push for another lap. Um, and I was blowing up the last like 100 meters of the just the 1,200 and I just called it. Yeah. You know, it still ended up being like over 8K of work. Um, okay. A bit longer that session. Yeah, it was it was long. Just Oh, sorry. not Was it over 8K? I don't know. It was bloody long because lap jogs in between everything yeah, as well. Um, they add up as well. They add up. But it was good. It was just good um, back having, I feel like Smack, when I'm, I probably need to just be a little bit fitter and then Smack and I'll be really good training partners over yeah. summer because I just, we've spoken about it. Like you and Stewie are just like another league above now. And it's just sort of like, you know, Smack's cooking himself trying to keep with Stewie. That's mm. why he's been thresholding so bad. Yeah. Because he cooks it trying to stay with Stewie on a Tuesday. 
Um, and then I've been doing my own thing Tuesday and then I've been thresholding well Thursday. So, yeah. Um, Wednesday did gym, um, uh, hour run and uh, yoga, which is, which is good. Um, I'm liking doing gym on a Wednesday. Gym and yoga, same day. Yeah, so I do gym so I'm guessing the yoga is not Yoga is pretty chill. Nah, yeah. it's more like stretching and relaxed, good for like mindfulness and stuff. Yeah. I can tell how tired I am in the training week based on- How you're you feeling at yoga? You or? know, when you do that, have you done yoga before? Oh, maybe ages ago, not you, properly. You finish the, the practice with, I forget what it's called. All the yogis are going to kill me for not knowing the term, <laughs> but you're like lying on your back and it's like the relaxation thing to like wind down after yeah. the, the session, just before you do your namaste and I sometimes I fall asleep in it. Really? Yeah, because I'm just so relaxed, which is good. As you say, relaxy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't always say that, by what? the way. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. That's so you do not want people thinking you're walking I'm, around going relaxy. <laughs> rarely say it. You just caught on to this. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, Thursday, yeah, as you said, Jack, it was awful conditions that first lap. Um, Collis just told me to try and go out a bit easier um, and come home a bit faster. Um, so I was like 3.10 average uh, for the first lap and then I finished with 3.08 average. So I must have yeah. what, sat running like 3.06 the second lap or yeah. something. No, it's good. Um, and it just Usually felt, it's all the way around, hey. Well, that's the hot well, – it used to be for me in yeah. previous years because I'd go out with you first lap yeah. and then I'd be like sitting at like 258s and then I'd blow up to like 303s. Yeah. Right? So it's such no, a it's dumb good. way to do it. So Sounds yeah. like you've done it much better. Yeah. And it just felt – Chill. Like I could just go do more laps of that. Easy. Yeah. Like it was just, yeah, it felt really good. And that's what you want in a threshold anyway. So it's supposed yeah, to be, You're right? not supposed to finish going, oh, no. I couldn't do another step. No, nah, no. Nah. So like when I ran like 29.40 last year, my threshold, do you reckon I can just go do that again? It's like, no, I'm in training. It's, like, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Friday is a day off, well, day off running, but did gym again. Um, and then Saturday, finished the weekend with just Saturday as an hour uh, jog went in around the tan and stuff because um, working at the wine store and then Sunday, a uh, long run just from, from my place. Pretty chill and it was 101K for the week. How do you like running from here? From here? Um, it's, yeah, it's it's just hilly. Mm. That's the thing about it. Um, but We were yeah. talking about that this morning actually. You find you run slower here because of the hills. Run slower around the hills here um, but hopefully not. I'm not here for too much longer. Hopefully mm. back moving in central in a Melbourne location. Would have been with you, but you dogged me, so. Hey. <laughs> you miss out on the records. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'd be good. See, I think it's just gonna be one of those things, you know when like you sometimes need a race to like, like it takes a race before you get into like real race fitness. Yeah. And so I'm sort of thinking, I haven't spoken to like Collis or anything about this, but in at some point before World Cross trials, I reckon I will come to Waverley and do like a session um, like try and run with you and Stewie. So I'm just like, it's just like a thing where you just, because otherwise I won't get anything sort of near max effort. Yeah. So what, you're not going to race till World no, Cross? I won't have a race till World Cross trials. Might have to do a park run. Or maybe something like that. Yeah. Like a park, I might speak to them and just like, you know, whack a park run, just something to try and two weeks before. Cause I don't want. Or my, even just go do like a 10K around Albert Park on a Saturday. On a Saturday, something like that. Yeah. yeah. I'll speak to them because as you said, yeah, it's, like you don't want to be your first time racing mm. as World Cross Trials. Um, are you going to do any cross-country stuff before this race or no? Nah? Uh, well, that's the thing. Like 
it's I've thought about it. Like he's in go to Waddle or whatever. Yeah. yeah I don't know if, if Collis and stuff are going to want me to go to Waddle soon. He said he Collis said don't go over a hundred. He doesn't want me going over a hundred k until Jan. Yeah. I think he's now is like you know we're realizing it's like I I can't risk getting injured again. No. It'll just be like the end of me pretty much. So it's like I may as well um, just play it super conservative. And even yeah. if I just raise ten k every few months. Hopefully by the end of next year I'm up to like 140 and that'll be the longest I've ever been without an injury. Yeah. So I think that's the thing. What about what do you reckon for um cross? Like it's at Stromlo. So I know it's like not the like cross you really course, need you don't need heaps of like proper cross country practice before going to Stromlo. Nah. But it's more so say you make the team for yeah, cross, the course looks pretty yeah, pretty full on. Yeah. So you yeah, want you're to You're looking doing... at me going, Joel, you yeah, you're getting fit. Maybe you will make the team. And if you're on the team with me, you better <laughs> be fucking prepared for the cross. You better pull that finger out more. <laughs> exactly. Imagine like if yeah, I made the team and you find out you were good like it was gonna be the best performance ever just because I didn't do any cross training. <laughs> I lost it for the team. Um no nah, the have you seen the course yeah. for cross? It Brutal. looks pretty wild. Yeah. But that's um, what it's it should be. It's right? good, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um I think it will, yeah. Just so even it myself, I need to start looking at doing some sort of cross training because, like, cross country training, not cross training. Yeah, but, um, cross, yeah. Need to go to CrossFit. Yeah. <laughs> you got you got confused. You've been doing oh, jumping wrong up with type. barbells. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if we could do like threshold, maybe a couple of times. Yeah, do threshold at like. But there's nothing great. Is it where Bundura? You know, where are you going to go in Melbourne? It'll give me flashbacks to state champs. Oh yeah, when I broke my foot. Oh yeah, one, true. One centimeter hole in my bone. Um, yeah, we might have to get up to Fernie for some Sundays, I reckon. Yeah, but then again, it's jogging. Yeah, but still, it does. It makes you definitely makes, makes you, you tough, right? Mm. For sure. Yeah, I'd go to Fernie. For yeah, sure. let's do it. Sick, locked in. Um, yeah, that's it. Training weeks, good. Uh, now going into special guest interview. So Brett interviewed Liz Clay last week. Um, a little intro on Liz. Number two all-time Australian 100-meter hurdler. Tokyo Olympic semi-finalist, um, just narrowly missing the final in Tokyo. Um, and she's recovering from a broken foot, which happened in a freak accident at the World Championships Ooh. this year. Yeah, I remember about that. seeing it. Yeah, yeah. pretty insane. Felt um, so bad for her. Yeah, it's it's such a brutal, brutal sport. That like so many people fell over in the hurdles at World Champs. Did you yeah. notice that? It yeah. was like I don't know if it was the color of the hurdles or something about it. It would be some scientific like, reason. Maybe they heaps just of falls. Maybe they heaps put the of, wrong. Was it false starts as well? False, false starts. Yeah, it was like a record for the most false starts or something. It was right? ridiculous. Something like that. Mm. I should know. I was doing the bloody World Champs <laughs> recap. It was such yeah. a stressful ten days. I've wiped it from my memory. Um, but no, enjoy this interview, guys. All right. Now I'd like to welcome Liz Clay to. For the kiddos, Liz, how are you? I'm really good, Brett. How are you? I'm good, thank you. It's uh, a bit different for our listeners. Like usually, we have um, distance runners coming on, but uh, we've had now we've had Hannah Basic, and now we've had you. Um, I think people always people get amazed at Hannah's um, training when she goes down the track and does four by thirty meters or something like that. And <laughs> it, it's a good uh, it's good to see the different side of athletics as well. But um, how are you coming along? Yeah, going well, going well. Just um, up in the Gold Coast, getting through um, my rehab and, yeah, just, I guess, putting down stepping stones for next year. Yeah, yeah. It is, um, I know, we just spoke a bit off air, but like you said, it's taking a while and it's a slow process getting back. Yeah, it's slow. And I, 
I think I, I just went so hard at the beginning um, and I needed to. And now, you know, we're like four and a half months down the road and I'm ready for something to change. So, yeah, it's been yeah. a long slog. Yeah, well, we kind of rehab has been uh, a big part of your career, hasn't it? Um, kind of take the listeners back, I guess, to early in your career and like you're always a pretty good athlete and, and always look like you're on the verge of having like a big breakthrough and then some injury would kind of pop up and and it was just kind of this constant cycle like how hard was that when you especially when you were young to deal with yeah I think because when I started dealing with all these setbacks I was relatively new to track and I didn't really I just thought they were something that everyone goes through and obviously they are um but for me it wasn't it was just part of the process it wasn't really like oh my god I've got to go through this again I just I just would go through it because I was like, well, this is what's happening. Um, it's not till like this rehab where I realized like, wow, okay, I probably have gone through a few more than most people, but I think I still attack it with the same mindset. Just this is my journey and I just have to own it. Yeah. I think, well, you've always uh, had that kind of positive outlook on, on things and, but it, it definitely must've been hard, I guess. It's like, I think if we go back to kind of like around world junior time and, and that's when the injuries kind of started and, um, but then you can look at your friends like Hannah, Hannah and like um, Ella Nelson, like they were kind of going on with their careers as you were kind of stuck in this cycle of getting injuries. Like was that, it's obviously good to see your friends, but it's also that's where you wanted to be as well. So it must have been a little bit hard to, to watch that. Yeah, it was hard. Um, but something I always say is if those people hadn't had the careers that they've had, especially Ella and Annalise who were just that little bit older than me, um, and yeah, a few years ahead of where I was. Um, yeah, if they hadn't had the careers that they had, I wouldn't have had mine. I think I just looked up to them so much and I just wanted everything that they had. I wanted, you know, the Puma sponsor, I wanted to be overseas. I wanted all that. So yeah, as hard as it was, it was just great because I knew that I'd get there and I had someone to yeah, kind of follow in their footsteps. Yeah, I guess like I would say I'm kind of the same when like I had Ryan Gregson as being like my best mate. He, I could see him doing all these cool things and like being at the top of the world. So it's kind of when there's someone that close to you, you can see that pathway and it's like you're just trying to follow that the best you can. Um, what were some of the kind of injuries you had when you were young? Like it was in navicular a lot, wasn't it, that was going? Yeah, yeah. I, that was the first one um, and that kind of came up and down through the course of like 2015 uh, 2014 to 2018 um, and then again in 2019 it was just this ongoing off and on bone problem um, and then aside from that injury wise like everyone gets niggles but I think I just got unlucky with like in 2017 I got sick at world unis um, and then 2018 I did have my navicular in Europe, which made me come home early. Um, and then 2020 was obviously COVID. And then now this, I don't even know what to call Freaking it, dream, broken yeah. foot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they have been they have been tough and I've, I've done little strains and things like that. But, um, yeah, this has been the biggest one so far and the worst. Yeah. Do you think doing, like, is the hurdles make you more injury prone? Like, is, is that a part of being a hurdler, I guess? Like, hitting the hurdle I don't know like I don't know I have no idea about the hurdles but like is hitting the hurdles like obviously this injuries from that kind of but um yeah what do you think yeah maybe I think obviously like every discipline has 
their like big injuries like you know sprinters get hamstrings to hurdle yeah. hamstrings too and calves and um like you guys i'm guessing it's more like bony like shins yeah, stress and, fractures all the time yeah yeah so I, I think so but i think my main problem is because i did so much dancing as a kid my feet are really mobile and that's okay. in some ways good but also in a lot of ways bad for sprinting because you just want everything to be stiff yeah um that's why my feet have been my problem area of my career yeah um so in 2016 kind of you were 21 years old made the big move to the gold coast i actually remember like we were pretty good friends back then and i remember you telling me and and it's at the time it seemed like a pretty big move and a big risk um kind of like when things weren't really working out and then you're making this big like life decision to go all in um i think it's i don't know it's kind of a testament to who you are that you do just go in all in and you have so much self-belief but there was definitely people being like well this is this is a pretty big uh move like but you've never really cared about people say and if people doubted you like do you feel like you use that as motivation a little bit or like what were you feeling that time when you're making moving away from your family and moving to train with um sharon and just making a huge decision i think like i just i went about it the same way i go about everything is that i didn't i honestly didn't even really think about what a big move it was like i honestly just decided and then told everybody and then a month later I just packed my car and we drove up. Like there was just, it, there was just like no other option and that was someone put the idea in my head and I was like, sweet, that's what I'm going to do and I just did it and, yeah, again, looking back on all these things, like they were big moments and I think back when I moved, like a lot of people moved for coaches but it's a lot more common now I think whereas back then mm. – like moving to the Gold Coast from Sydney at 21 was kind of a big deal, but I just, I don't know, I just never saw it as that. I just put my head down and went for it. Um, and I think that's what the great thing about having all this downtime at the moment is I've really been able to like look back and reflect on how far I've come and what I've done and, you know, appreciate the successes and the, you know, trials a little bit more. Yeah, like if you look back, if – Drop like, what is it? Nearly like a point eight of a second since uh yeah. since moving. Like th- that's huge. So it definitely. I don't know. I, I guess I was the same. Like I moved when I was twenty one to Ballarat to live with Collis and and Ryan Gregson. And at the time, I was actually. But for me as well, like I was going well in my current situation. But I saw this opportunity, and I'm like, if I get to when I'm like forty and retired and have not done that uh, move, I'm always going to be like, oh, what if I had done it? Could I have been better? So it was just like you have to kind of go all in if you want to yeah. be, which is what you have done. Yeah, and I think the other thing too is that like I'm someone who like everything doesn't have to be going really bad for me to make a change and I think that's a really good lesson that I've learned like just because like you, you don't have to hit rock bottom or you don't have to like have this big thing to be like, right, I'm going to start fresh and I'm going to make a change, I think. And I've kind of followed that my whole career, like exactly what you said. If if there's an opportunity or if there's an option where if you don't take that option, you'll probably regret it, then that's going to be the right option for you. And no one can tell the future whether it's going to work or not, but I think that's something really important. That, like these big decisions don't have to just be made because something's going bad. 
Yeah, I think it's really important to not try to have any like what ifs at the end of your career. Like really do what you think is right at the time and, and believe yeah. in yourself at that time. And if it ends up wrong, it's wrong, but at least you tried it and tried to do it. Um, but then I guess like you kind of did make the move and there still was, it just didn't change all of a sudden. Like you started running better, but there's still some very tough years. Um, you're kind of living like a professional athlete, like making all the sacrifices, but still having these setbacks. Um, like were you doubting that maybe you had made the wrong move or were you thinking of even giving up? Like, cause you got, did give it a good crack for a few years before. And like, you kind of like still running similar times. Mm. Yeah. I just, I never, there was just like never any other option. I was just, I just knew so wholeheartedly that it was going to work out. I don't know how, and I don't know where that like mindset came, came from because I didn't really go through hardships as a kid. It was all like very smooth sailing, but yeah, I just, I just knew and I had a small circle of people who also knew and believed in me and plenty that didn't, doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) and yeah, I mean, I think as I matured, like as a 21, 21 year old, I was like mature because I moved out of home, but I also had a lot of learning to do. And I think, kind of around that like 23, 24 mark, I started realising that, yes, I made sacrifices, but I was probably going to have to make a few more if I really wanted to get to where I wanted to be. Um, So, yeah, just things like quitting my retail job and like finding a new way to have income and all of those kind of things. Um, And, again, that just comes from seeing what my friends were doing at the top and being like, right, well, how am I going to, make my life mirror theirs because that's how I'm going to get there. Um, so yeah, I, I had to learn along the way. And I think, yeah, by the like 24, 25. So what's that like, uh, 2019, I really started to work it out. Yeah. I'm sure there was a time in those few years where you were wanting a new navicular though, when it kept. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's actually, yeah, it's, it's, it's an annoying thing. And I know distance runners can probably relate to this. Like every time I get an MRI on my foot now, mm-hmm. I I don't want to look at the report because every single time it will mention the navicular because it's like a healed fracture in there and yeah. it just it irks me. I just can't I can't even read I can't look at the, the word navicular anymore. I try to avoid getting like MRIs on my feet because like I know there just will be things that will show up and I'm just like I just yeah. I don't need to know that. I'm just going to ignore it. But um yeah. But yeah, you did kind of get through 2019. Uh, was that uh, 2020 was the first year you broke 13? Uh, yeah, at yeah. Melbourne Track Classic. At Melbourne, yeah, on a shitty night at Melbourne. Um, yeah. What was that like kind of first time ever breaking 13? I think that that still for me is like one of the best nights of my life just because like I wasn't even a favourite to win the race and I all of a sudden just – I knew that things were coming together and we'd had a really – great block of training kind of like nothing like I'd ever put together before like the six months leading in um I brought a new gym coach on board and lots of things um but yeah that was like just so amazing and I think I just knew that I proved so many people wrong at the same time as proving myself right and it was like kind of like a pat on the back to the last four years of crap uh basically to be like it wasn't worth nothing and it was like yeah okay this is the start of 
you know, the next phase of my career that's hopefully going to be a lot better than yeah. what I've gone through. When you say yeah. like you knew like things were coming along nicely, like what like what was the difference? Was it just because you had put together a block of being injury free or you said you changed sprint coaches and but what was like the big differences I think to get you to sub thirteen? I started I started lifting like a sprinter. Yeah. That's gotta be the biggest change. Like I started doing it sounds silly and looking back, I don't, I can't really explain it, but I started doing cleans and deadlifts and like, I guess the the best way to put it is like lifting like I see like the American and Jamaican athletes do overseas. Um, and that's because I brought on Davey, um, David Reed, my strength coach. And then I guess that plus me just figuring a few things out, quitting my job, um, everything just start, started to feel a little different. The, the main thing that felt different was between the hurdles. I felt like I was, I wasn't trying to make the hurdle anymore. I was like, I was getting too close, which is, okay. yeah, means I was getting faster. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah some of your, uh, gym videos on Instagram, like I just look at those weights and I wouldn't even be able to put them on the bar, let alone lift them up. <laughs> so it's just, it, it, it's scary, but, um, yeah. Cause even like your hundred times started coming down as well, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That started coming down. That was that year. Um, I just, I, I think I also grew into my body a little bit. Like I matured as, you know, I'd gotten out of that like post like puberty kind of body and I was into like, you know, I was able to build muscle and do all those things. And sometimes you do, I think as a female, you just have to wait for that all like to start working for you. Um, and hormones and all those types of things, I think, yeah, as soon as I hit that, like 25, 26, it all just started working. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's what you want. But um, put the Olympics getting um, pushed back a year probably was a bit of a blessing in disguise for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, there was no doubt that I would have been there in yeah. 2020. I just, yeah, that that extra year, I was basically able to do another 12 months of that amazing six months of training that I did and yeah, just learn about myself as an athlete. And um, I also got to spend three months at home in Sydney with my family, which I hadn't done, you know, in four years. Um, And I think that was really rejuvenating and just kind of gave me a little boost for the next 12 months to know that I'd done that and (laughs) spent time with my dog and my brother and my mom and dad. It was, yeah, it was really great. Um, And I felt refreshed when I got back to the Gold Coast. Yeah, and I guess like in that 12 months, you went from, I guess, just kind of making the Olympics to actually being someone who belongs there and is going to be like pushing for the final, like definitely should be a semi-finalist. Um, you end up narrowly missing the final. Um, mm. Was that like kind of would have been devastating, but you probably would have been able to take so much away from that whole experience? Yeah. Oh, At the time, I remember like, I had my phone in the tunnel where you walk after the media and I just have this video of me in tears and I'm actually speaking to the camera and I'm just like, I swore a lot in it, but I was like, (laughs) I'm so pissed off. Like this wasn't meant to happen. And I think again, like looking back on that video and looking how far I'd come in such a short amount of time, like I am really proud of that achievement. Um, And people remind me of it all the time. Like when I forget, like, when I'm down or whatever, like you're an Olympic athlete, like you've, you've done something, but I guess that just speaks to my nature of like, I haven't done anything until I've, you know, reached that next level. Like I don't even care about what happened two years ago. Like we've got, 
we've got bigger things to yeah. kind of achieve. Yeah. I remember the same actually with um, Ella in uh, 2016. Like she just missed the final of the 200 and she was like devastated after. And But then like if you kind of looked at it about how far she had come, like she became an athlete who was like went from – I don't know what she was running to now being nearly an Olympic finals. Like she missed out by so such a little amount. Um, yeah. It is at the time it, it hurts. But then when you do look at that whole journey, it's, you can see, look back and see how far you have come. And, and that's something that you've done. Cause now you're running 12 sevens all the time, yeah. really. Um, yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I, I've had so many of these moments and I'm like, I'm able, I'm at a point where I can look back on them now and realize like what my thought process was. But even when I fell at world champs, I, I hadn't even like gotten up off the ground yet. I was kind of coming to terms with like the row that was right next to lane eight, just like staring at me on the ground. And I just had this image of um, Jasmine Camacho Quinn falling in Rio and she fell in the heat or the semi. I can't remember and I somehow I was just like I put my image that I was obviously living in that moment next to hers and I was like she won the next Olympics yeah. I'm gonna be fine and then I got up and I walked to the finish line and like I think yeah the fact that I have that mindset of like you know what's next is yeah has just gotten me through all of those all of those times she's like that is like that is just you it's kind of yeah, you have these uh, like setbacks, but it's like, all right, who cares? Let's just focus on what I can do and what's next. And like to be literally on the ground with a broken foot and thinking, who cares? I can do be champion or whatever. Like the next thing, it's yeah, it's, it takes a special kind of character to to be able to do that. And and that's why you have achieved so much and will continue to achieve so much. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it, I can't believe that that's what came into my head when yeah. that happened. But I was really glad it did because I was like, right, I haven't lost, I haven't lost that grit or that like determination. Like it's still there when it needs to come out. Yeah, um, yeah. Like twenty twenty two, you did start like flying. Um, I think a twelve seventy two in the domestic season, um, and it was going to be such a big year ahead. Um, then we yeah we just talked about breaking your foot at the heats at world champs. Um, is it true that you didn't even realize you broke your foot? You thought you broke the spike plate? Yeah, yeah. That was that was a weird, a weird couple of minutes. I stood up and I felt like something wasn't right. And I was wearing these new um, Puma spikes, which were great. Um, but it yeah, it essentially felt like I'd snapped the spike plate and the two halves were like folding over each other. I don't know really yeah. how to describe it. Anyway, and then I got to the end and I looked, I picked up my foot and looked at it and the spike plate was completely intact. And no, there was no. this kind of like, oh my, like what I thought was happening is not real. And then I realized that it was in my foot. And then That's I realized right. I couldn't walk on it. And I was like, oh, this is like, this is bad. This is really bad. Was it um, like, were you in a lot of pain at that time? No, I, it, I wasn't in heaps of pain. I just... It's like I just couldn't put any weight through my foot yeah, at all. Okay. Well, um, if I did, it would have been painful. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, like what was the kind of feeling like that? Is it different kind of, I guess, when you go and get a scan and then it comes back, like 
say you're training, you get a sore foot, you don't get a scan, they go, you have a navicular stress fracture compared to a freak accident like that. Is it a different kind of feeling? Like it feels like that is like you're on the top of the world, you're about to have a great championship and then it gets like the rug gets taken from under you. Yeah. Uh, I think like when it happened, I, I, I just, the narrative was just like, okay, this is how it's going to go. I, I almost knew that at some point, in my career, there had to be one other big thing. I was like, there's no way that I'm getting through the next five, seven years without something happening. And then when it happened, I was like, there it is. That mm. This is probably going to be it. And I'm sure there'll be other little things. But, like, I just, yeah. And when you're in, like, you've got all the best athletes from all the other countries around you. Like, I... I don't know. I didn't even really think about it. I honestly just put on a brave face, did what I was told. Um, you know, like I, I wanted answers and I wanted answers as soon as possible. And I was probably a little bit of a pain to deal with for those few <laughs> days for the AA docs. But yeah, I think it happened. I wanted answers and then I just wanted to get on a plane and go home. Yeah. Now um, your Instagram after it was, I'm sorry. <laughs> like it's just like it's like sad to look at because like you shouldn't be apologizing to anyone really like it's it is like no no one's holding anything against you it, it is yeah yeah I, I did do the same like when I had bad race Olympics like I was saying like I'm sorry I'm so embarrassed but and it is what athletes do like they do feel everyone with them um yeah. a little bit so it it does hurt like I guess like social media is a pretty big tool for you um and like you have over a hundred thousand people that are interested in your journey and your comeback. Um, like was there times where you just wanted to kind of log off and, and hide away a little bit? Yeah. I think when I made that post, I, it was, it was not like, cause obviously all the comments were saying like, you don't have to be sorry. Mm. And like deep down, I, I know that, but I also think I was just, it was a bit of a sorry to myself. Like, you know, sorry that you worked really, really hard and you got yourself in the best shape and, you know, sorry that this happened just in general. Um, And then, yeah, I think when I got back to Australia, you know, it was, everything was moving really fast. Like I I made those kind of posts on my story explaining what happened and then I had the surgery and then I did go MIA for a few weeks just because I, I had nothing to share and I also really didn't want to I just it everyone deals with it differently but I really just wanted to be in my hole with my cast and my healing foot and my friends and my family and just yeah just sit in my hole for a while and then slowly as started things as things started happening like I started sharing a bit more and I also know that people are invested and they want to see they want to see what's happening they want to see the comeback and um, as I've matured, I think there's, there's parts of it that I do like sharing and there's also parts of it that I'm, I don't want to share. Um, so yeah, it, it's been, a, it's been a mix. Some days I'd wake up and I'd be like, let's tell every, everybody what's happening. And then sometimes I wake up and I'm like, no one talk to me. <laughs> yeah. Which is fine. It's good that you do like that you have those days and then you go, you know what, if I don't want to speak, I'm not going to speak. You know, you don't feel forced yeah. to, um, and you yeah. can just have your own this time when you want it um but yeah people like i do i've seen the updates of like even we just spoke about it today like you well yesterday you're doing some skipping um which was like a stepping stone so like when you're doing that it means you're getting close to to 
running on it. So it is yeah. like, yeah, people love seeing that, that progress forward as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah, what is like a kind of training week look like at the moment? We, we usually do um, <laughs> speak to our people about what training it is, but yours is a bit different right now. Um, what are you up to? Yeah. Um, my week at the moment, uh, oh, it's pretty much been the same from the get-go as soon as I could start training. Um, but I basically lift Monday, Wednesday, Friday, lower body, and then I lift upper body Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Um, and then the, I've, I swam for a couple of weeks, but I absolutely hated swimming. Yep. As soon as I could get on the bike, I was just like, sorry guys, I'm just, I'm not swimming. Like if I can get my heart rate up on the bike, I will do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And then basically I just would do four bike sessions a week. The first couple of weeks, it was just, I'd do these like long, like 40 to 60 or even 70 minute rides yeah. on the spin bike and like classic me like I ended up loving it really? <laughs> like I ended up I ended up looking forward to these like bike sessions I wouldn't listen I wouldn't listen to podcasts I just listened to the same probably like 10 songs get in a good rhythm and I just smash them out um because it you know it was great I could get a sweat on it made me feel fit yeah um and then slowly we just moved the bike sessions along. So we kind of did six weeks and I just, I just picked my four days every week um, and I do some intervals. And now I'm at a stage where um, I'm doing, yeah, I think three bike sessions a week, but they're a lot higher intensity. Um, and yeah, moved to the Watt bike, which is just so much easier um, yeah, than the yeah. spin bike. Uh, so yeah, that, and then, but, Actually, this week it's starting to change. We've added in some pliers, as uh, we talked yeah. about. And, yeah, as of next week, I should have some running in there. So, um, actually, I'm like, guys, I'm sick of lifting so much. Like, I know I need to be strong, but I think we've reached the limit. I've done more deadlifts in the last eight weeks than I need to for the whole year. So, yeah, hopefully the lifting goes down and the running goes up. Yeah, so I was going to ask, when you're in proper – I guess training, like, like say if you were um, injury free right now, what kind of how much lifting would you be doing? And it's like preseason. Yeah, we do we do two two a week. Okay, so you're doing um, way more two, right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do two a week, and they'd be like full body, so they'd have lower and upper body. Um, we just split them up to give me something to do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, probably a circuit or a plyo session as well. So I guess it's like yeah, two or three depends. Yeah, and then so you, you're starting back with a bit of older G. Yep, the old friends with yeah. the the puffy pants and the zip. Um, yeah, that's going to be on Monday, and then everything should move pretty quickly from there because like yeah. I can hop, I, I can skip, so yeah. it's just a precaution. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, if you can get through like seventy minutes easy on the spin bike, you can get through older G session. No worries. Yeah, <laughs> I I did a I did a warm up like a walking, running kind of drill warm-up yesterday. And, like, they said, oh, we'll just do quarter a quarter of the warm-up for the first yeah. couple of weeks. And I was like, really? Like, it's only a warm-up. I was gassed, <laughs> like, 20 minutes in. And David was like, this is why we're only doing a quarter yeah. warm-up. That's good, though. But at least, like, you'll be able to see, I guess, yourself getting fitter and stronger. And, and you can yeah. see that coming back, I guess, which would be which would be. I guess uh, good for the 
good for your brain as well. Yeah. 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 Um, now, me and Joel are obsessed with these boot bands we've been wearing in the last month, and I, and I noticed you wear one. Um, what what do you take from the boot bands, and, and what do you use it for mostly? Um, I use it for a range of things. I I take for I take everything that it tells me with a grain of salt because yep. I just think as an athlete, like there are times where you're going to feel terrible, and you do just have to push through. But I also I love it for things like when you feel like you're getting sick or you are actually like even this week I've just ha- I've just felt so tired like waking up from sleeps not feeling recovered at all and the whoop kind of um, reiterates that yeah you are like you're in the red or you're yeah. in the yellow um, so yeah generally we don't really change training based on recovery scores or anything, but it is really good for, yeah, that sickness and just avoiding getting like super fatigued. Um, And then for females, it also does like um, cycle tracking, which is really good. Um, And it tells you, it tells you like at what stages you can really push and at what stages to hold back based on your hormones, which I think is like super helpful, Um, especially like to relay that back to coaches who might not know um, or not have a good understanding. It's just, it's really, it's a good tool. Like if, if I'm on week one and it's like, you can go for it, then, you know, we try and put testing in that week because the scores are going to be way better than, you know, maybe doing them a week earlier where I'm at the end of the cycle. Um, So that's a new feature and I love that. Um, And then, yeah, obviously the sleep um, and that kind of thing. But I think, yeah, mostly just like sickness, fatigue, and yeah. cycles. Yeah, I like yeah. what you said there. Like, like you obviously being an elite athlete, you can't just change your training and uh, that much. But it can make you just think about, okay, all right, this is a little bit down. I need to make an effort to be getting better recovered, be making sure yeah. my hydration's like on point right now. If I'm getting sick, yeah, like, yeah get get that sleep. Um, be taking your vitamins or whatever you whatever to mm. do the it just makes you do those right things if those things like kind of alerts come up i guess yeah and i think the other good thing that you said they they have that um they have the diary so you can actually yeah. track like what behaviors yeah. um help and what don't and like alcohol is a terrible know, one yeah. like it it <laughs> it basically says like one drink and you're going to have a red recovery yeah um but yeah things like sauna and like massage and I think you can even do like dry needling now. Like there's so many things. And then when you get that like month review, you can be like, wow, that actually does help a lot. Yeah. Um, you can start to see the patterns of what's good and what's bad, I guess. So yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'm finding it really helpful and definitely make me more conscious about how I'm recovering. And I'm running a marathon in like 10 days and it's just really been like, all right, now's the time I have to make sure I'm getting good sleep, good recovery and, and making that kind of extra effort to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so like moving forward, what is kind of a rough plan going forward for the next with the foot and with seasons and what's happening? Yeah. I think, um, well, we kind of just had this, like from when I got home to, to Christmas plan of let's, let's be, I have this goal of doing um, eight times 100 meters by Christmas as a session. I think that would be, that would be, yeah. I don't just want to be running. I want to have done like some type of, you know, solid session where I'm hands on my knees and like 
sucking up air. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going on a holiday uh, over Christmas because didn't get one after World Champs. Yeah. And Where are you going? It's Hawaii. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was already planned and it's it's kind of perfect. Like I won't be able to fully like take time off just because of like the calf strength and foot strength component. Yeah. Like I'll have to keep loading it. But yeah, going on a holiday and then basically when I get back, it should be all guns blazing. Um, and it really just depends – it depends how I pull up from doing all this lifting and, you know, whether that's made me really slow and it's going to take a while to get all that springiness back or whether it, how fast we can get that back as to when I'll race. Um, we have a goal of racing at nationals and you're like knowing me, I, I will be there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, it's hard because obviously Paris is in two years and that like having been to the Olympics once, that as a goal now is just like so much bigger than anything that's coming next year, like to the point where like, yeah, it'd be nice to be at world champs and it's good for contracts and mm. things like that. But it really, yeah, like all of our eggs, like my whole team, like we all know that the eggs are all in the Paris basket. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's heaps of things I want to do next year. I want to go to the US. I do want to race in Europe, I want to get the Olympic qualifier at some point, um, but until I get back after Christmas, we won't really know any of those yeah. plans. Yeah. I guess yeah. that is how it is after an injury too. It's like um, you can have goals, but they have to be flexible as well. Um, yeah. And you just kind of have to see how your body's responding before you and – then, and then once you get going, then you'll be right. But it is just kind of that let's see how we go first. Yeah, like I, the first meeting that I had with the surgeon, he told me that I'd be running at 12 weeks. And I was like, oh, wow, that is amazing. And, you know, as the process went on, we're in week 18 and a half. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like, so, yeah, I've been very patient and I'm used to being flexible and just yeah. at this point I'm just playing it by ear. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, it has been good to kind of, let everyone know about your career. Like it's, uh, I know the story definitely isn't finished yet, but it is kind of one of those good stories if you kind of keep at it and and keep doing the right things and and putting all your all your energy into something of how far you can achieve. And like everyone knows, you're gonna keep going and and be running yeah. even faster soon. And um, definitely be at the Olympic final and be be. A deserving in the Olympic final and probably even <laughs> close to a medalist maybe. Who knows? Yeah, well, that's the goal, isn't it? I just, I don't know. I, yeah, it's, if I've come this far from where I was, like, yeah. there's no reason why I can't keep going, you know, so. Yeah, for sure. Keep at it. Yeah. No, thanks so much, yeah. Liz. It's uh, all our um, distance runners would love to do 8 by 100 with you at, uh, before Christmas. <laughs> It'd be a great session. But... Yeah. Welcome to come anytime. Yep. You'll probably still be going faster than me. <laughs> no, <I think>. <laughs> cool. All right. Thanks very much, Liz. Awesome. Thanks, Brett. Yeah. Thanks a lot for uh, for coming on, Liz. That was great. Um, I thought it was great to hear about the sacrifices uh, she made, you know, when she was young to get where she is now. Obviously, someone like Liz, pretty crazy level of self-belief and um, confident that she probably always knew where knew that she would uh, get to where she is now. And obviously, her story isn't finished yet. So, 
watch this space. Big things coming. <laughs> what do you think, Jack? I haven't listened to it. Yet, <laughs> but. <laughs> I probably should have given you a little uh, a little rundown of the interview before, but no, it's good. Um, let's move on. Things we have seen on Instagram this week that we aren't too sure about. Um, yeah, I actually had mine submitted just before from Toon. Uh, friend of the podcast? Yeah, friend of the podcast. Mind you, as a little uh, side note to this one, Jack, we have had so many people submit this in and it's got to the point. Actually, from, yeah, this one. Yeah, didn't, I, really? didn't you hear me say that? No. No, people send that guy in all the time and it just and it's got to the point where I can't use it because I am sure about it. Like I'm sure how I feel about it, but I can't say it on the podcast. How do you feel about it? I can't say it. Okay. We'll get cancelled. Right. Yeah. So it's his name, Stay for the Stories Official, and I'm pretty sure he lives in – could be New York. I don't know. Heaps of photos from New York. But pretty much every photo he uploads – He's doing a sharp turn. <laughs> I don't know who's <laughs> so taking his pictures. Uh, yeah. Literally just running, doing corners. Yeah. Professional corner. <laughs> Professional corner. He's obviously, I reckon, got, he's he's like found a picture of him running around a corner when he was either young or like when but he first They started. do look cool, some of them, yeah. but not when there's 600 corners of the same of thing. The if same you just photo. look down his feed, it's just like how can, yeah. How can have have <laughs> someone have such a such a um, boring feed? Like anyway. he's straight road. He's still turning the corner. I know. It's ah, <laughs> oh, it annoys me. Yeah. Annoys so me. yeah, really not sure about this it. This is a typical influencer, right? Yeah, a runfluencer. <laughs> can you please never say that again? along with Relaki? Can you never say those two? <laughs> words? The two get, they're getting cancelled out of my <laughs> vocabulary. <laughs> Thank you. Um, mine, obviously, most of the time we do uh, the things we've seen on Instagram that we're not too sure about is running related. But every now and again, I throw in a decoy one. Um, I was on Facebook Marketplace this morning. I don't even know why. I just go, I'm like you. What do you mean you don't know why? You just- well, I do know why. I just, but I wasn't looking for anything in particular. I just look at Marketplace. And I know you do too. Sometimes. Well, yeah. I, I might have to actually. I may as well. <laughs> you know, your marketplace is pretty crook when you get recommended that. <laughs> a year nine maths book. It's oh, it's so funny. It's just a uh, yeah, a year nine maths book um, from some somebody that put it up uh, selling it. Is it real or is it taking the piss? No, it's not taking the piss. I could tell by the person that put it up. Okay, so you could because uh, that makes look, it much funnier. It's much funnier. So the caption is well the. The, uh, the title is My Maths 9. Apart from the cover, the inside is in great condition. And it's just a maths book of uh, someone with a boy on the front. They always have really weird stock images. On they book, they, they? do. And some guys, like, I reckon it might be her son or whatever, like graffitied the front of it with like, you know, it's a devil's, there's all this devil stuff, 666. Um, he's got, you know, black blood coming from his eye and it looks to be the Louis Vuitton pattern on his neck. And... <laughs> They've thought, hey, I can still get, hang on, how much is it? Where? 20 bucks. I can still get 20 bucks for that. Um, maybe this is a good opportunity as well, Jack, to throw in the, a screenshot of the present you bought me for my birthday this year. <laughs> was it this Mark. year or last year? It was the last year. I can't remember. You bought, Jack bought me a present um, and it was a beautiful artwork that he found on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> and I think let's just, let's not describe it. Let's just put it on the, on the socials and anyone can have a look. Yeah, you still have to get it framed. I will get it framed. <laughs> Good. And that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you very much, Jack. How did you like your first proper co-hosting episode? It was lovely. It's pretty chill, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was good. 
we'll uh, definitely have you have you on as I, I just got to try and f- find out the, the right way to phase Brett out of this business model. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Good luck at Zatapec. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.